Welcome to The Road to Una Stoughton, a documentary produced at CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Hi, I'm Liz MacArthur. In July 2014, I got on a converted school bus with a group of activists to travel 1,200 kilometers from Victoria, B.C. to the Unistoten Pipeline Blockade in northern B.C. near Houston. These are the interviews and sounds of the journey. Vanessa Gray traveled from her home in Sarnia, approximately 4,000 kilometers away from the Unistoten camp in southern Ontario. She brought two youth members of the Amjanong First Nation to show them that despite the bleak reality of the environment surrounding their own home community, there are still untouched natural environments in the world. So the Chemical Valley is made up of 63 high-emitting facilities um, within the 50-kilometer radius of our small community, which is located on the St. Clair River. So we're also a border um, city where... There's a lot of freighters that come in and out of um, um, our area. And so on one side, we have Suncor um, loading dock, and then we have Shell loading dock. And then so where all of these oil companies are currently right now, um, including Imperial Oil and Enbridge, all of these companies are densely tucked into, like, right next door to us. Um, and so a lot of their pipelines come right through uh, underneath us already, and it has been like that. And then so this creates a lot of health problems for the people in Amjanong. Um, we see a 39% of women experiencing stillbirths and miscarriages. We see high cancer rates, and we see 39% of kids needing to use a puffer um, to breathe and so our air quality is really terrible because of like all of this industry densely located next to us and so with along with um, the Chemical Valley being there already these companies also um, spill and have releases once in a while and um, when that happens we hear an alarm sound off we're supposed to go inside, go indoors from where wherever you are, shut all your windows, and then turn on the radio and listen for your next steps. And so this is, that's the reality I come from. That's the reality of living on the front line of many oil companies all at once. So the idea of clean water and healthy air and land is is a little far-fetched for for me, myself, and um, youth that come from the Chemical Valley. So that relationship with water is is suddenly there again. Vanessa, like everyone else at the camp, went through the protocol on the bridge, answering questions about why she was visiting and how her visit would help the camp. This is unceded territory, so that's unique to this area. I think it's great that they do it, because I think that's part of their culture. And... For my area, like I said, it's it is just industry. Um, where we're living now isn't considered a community. We're considered we're considered industry because we're so close to um, facilities, and so I think industry seems to have more of the say of who goes where with their own security. And so that's the where we're at, where I come from. She wants to start a restoration project in Amjanong. There's this there's a small pond called Inkijig that is highly contaminated 
and has been for years. Um, a long, long time ago, I guess I, I talked to a few others and they told me that they used to like have community events there and um, it used to be like the place to be, but now it's not, it's just not a safe place, so people don't go there. And so I'd like to um, reintroduce uh, native species to naturally um, clean the area again. Do you have much support within your own community and perhaps like outside of your community as well? Yeah, I've been working with um, allies in the Toronto area um, with Rising Tide and um, uh, my affinity group there who have been supporting me for as long as I've been doing my work. And uh, the university, York University of Toronto, has Professor Dana Scott there has been supporting me. And then most recently I've been working with the University of Manitoba who there's a prof there that would like to start working on the Inky Jake project too. So I do get support, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a timeline for your project or are you just getting started at this point? Most of my projects so far have been pretty short term and I'm often running around at the last minute and trying to do things within weeks at a time and weeks or months at a time to get things done and it's usually pretty crazy and stressful and um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited for this next project because it's going to be a long-term project where we're going to continuously monitor the site by um, continuously t- testing it and then testing the plants there looking at the progress of what we're of the change and what has what it was like before and then also turning it into a film project where we film the process but also interview elders about what was there what happened to go to get to this day and then we'll talk to youth about where this can go to where how can this continue on in Anjanong. The Onestoten Action Camp provides a place to network and learn more about what other activists are doing across the country. And to allow myself to heal because this isn't like I said this isn't anything like um, where I come from and um, I like seeing the youth go down to the river so many times to fill up their water bottle because um, they're thirsty and that's where they get their water and it's it's still mind-blowing to, to think about them doing that and um, yeah I don't know I think it's a big healing process too but it's also to empower them to um, to continue working and do what they can and evolve into their own beings and then do their work where they feel like it needs to be done. I guess for people who um, are in the place of living close to a lot of industry, keep in mind that there there is still... Um, reason to fight back here at the Unistone camp. It's land that is healing and is strong, but we all need to be on in the same boat in concerns of defending the land um, and standing in solidarity with Indigenous people. Well, uh, the Action Camp itself was um, a tremendous opportunity to 
build uh, networks and solidarity amongst uh, Indigenous and non-Indigenous people that really care about um, profound issues that are facing all of us. And so um, it was really a chance to um, engage with people that are uh, facing very similar issues that, that I am. Jeff Nichols is a poli-sci student at UVic and attended the action camp. He found space at the camp to make connections within the activist community. I know as a Simshan person, we're engaged in efforts to stop uh, the Embridge Northern Gateway project, and uh, we're also currently engaging with uh, a number of LNG proposals uh, in our territory. And so um, I'm just really happy to have been able to talk with other people that are either um, upstream of us or are doing similar work and um, help build my own skills and my own awareness uh, and share my, share my own skills and my own awareness with, with other people. So uh, my impression of this year's Action Camp was, first and foremost, it was, it was so great to spend time in beautiful Unistotin territory. Um, the place is absolutely amazing, and uh, the, the local people there are just so hospitable and, and so generous um, with their, their efforts to really um, accommodate the guests in their territory. And so, yeah, it was just fantastic to spend time uh, in Unistotin territory with, with really good people. Jeff talks about his home community's relationship with any potential oil and gas projects. First and foremost, I'd like to say that I, I don't speak um, for my whole community. I, I just speak for myself. But um, I, I know for a fact that uh, my own home community of, of Lackwellams uh, has is, is very staunchly opposed to the Embridge Northern Gateway project and uh, the shipment of um, bitumen or, or tar sands oil um, through our waterways or over our land. Um, so that's a stance that has been taken by... Um, our band, and I know a lot of the members and hereditary leadership of uh, my own nation is uh, staunchly opposed to the Embers Learning Gateway Project. In terms of other projects like LNG, um, we're currently, uh, I, I would say that that stage looks like um, just engagement and education. So um, we're looking at how these projects could potentially uh, impact our communities, and uh, th- these projects are very numerous and, and in their infancy stages. And so um, to the best of my knowledge, um, things like eviction notices or, or things like that um, have not been issued. But people are certainly um, looking for ways to uh, get educated around these things and, and see how they're going to impact their communities for better or for worse. And he explains why it's important for him to connect with the Unistoten blockade. The Unistoten uh, action camp is, um, I guess, further up the line. Uh, on the pipeline routes. And so the terminus stations of those pipeline routes that uh, the Unistoten are blocking are in our territory. And so, for example, the Embers Northern Gateway project, for example, the Unistoten uh, camp sits directly on the path of the Embers Northern Gateway project, a project that the Simchan Nation and you know, a large majority of uh, our community opposes. And so um, the Unistoten are doing very important work in defending our territory. Um, and so that act of solidarity is uh, welcome and is benefiting our community. So I think it's really important to reciprocate that and, and help support them uh, in their own struggles because um, their efforts there have a direct impact on our territory. Jeff and his family also help support the people at the Unistoten camp. Part of uh, my family's support for the camp has been uh, each time that I've, I've gone there, uh, I've made it a priority to bring along with me um, traditional foods from our territory. So 
Um, I brought along um, dried halibut and seaweed and smoked salmon uh, and, and canned salmon, uh, sockeye salmon from the Skeena River. And all of those things um, are uh, directly affected by the proposals that are um, currently being opposed by the Unistoten and the Simshan. So uh, I think it's, it's a fantastic way to um, support the work that they're doing there by um, physically nourishing the camp and nourishing the people there with the bounty of our own territory. He says this community's relationship to the land frames the discussion for economic development. I worked as an adventure guide for um, six years in my own territory doing um, spear bear guiding, basically in the ecotourism industry and um, an industry that tries to be sustainable. And so I would say that um, overall, uh, the Simshan and, and, and the community that I identify with is not um, outright against economic development. It's just unsustainable economic development. And so as a Simshan person, um, I have uh, I see myself as having obligations and responsibilities to uh, the land and the community in which I live. And so uh, part of that is to ensure that the the community and the land in which um, I associate with is is healthy. And so uh, we see uh, the, the Mount Pauly um, tailings pond breach is a, uh, for better or worse, a, a good example of uh, a company that um, ig- ignores the environmental impacts of um, its operation um, and jeopardizes the health and safety of um, not only the indigenous community, but um, the community at, at large um, for its own benefit. And so, um, and, and that has been uh, a, sh- a shocking reminder uh, of the reasons why we need to be committed to uh, holding these companies accountable, holding the people that do these actions in our territory accountable um, for, I guess, their own actions. And so, um, where do I see myself uh, with respect to these issues? Ultimately, um, I see myself as um, committed to uh, upholding my responsibilities and my obligations to my land and my territory. And, and that means ensuring that those things are healthy and they don't compromise um, the health of the land and community for future generations. And I asked if he comes up against any resistance to his work against pipelines in BC and the Unistoten camp. How I understand it is that the Unistoten are engaging in cultural and political resurgence of um, their own laws, and they're just looking for ways to empower themselves by learning their own culture, learning their language, and uh, asserting themselves in the same way that uh, their ancestors have done, and and, uh, in a way that um, future generations and past generations can be proud of. And so I think anyone that's opposed to that project... um, is not something is not someone that I would um, regularly associate with, and uh, not someone that I'm concerned about. I would say that the resistance to the um, cultural empowerment of Indigenous peoples um, is not something to be respected, or is not very legitimate. Um, so, yeah, I've I've not really in, encountered. Obviously, there are people that um, have uh, a significant interest in, I guess, the disempowerment of Indigenous peoples. And so uh, that's something that's not new. Will Falk is an activist living in Victoria. He works with Vancouver Island Forest Action Network. And we heard him talking earlier about organizing the caravan to Unistoten. There are no problems more pressing than the health of water, than the health of the soil, uh, than the health of... Uh, the air. 
um, without clean water to drink, without healthy soil to grow our food in, without breathable air, um, all other problems simply cannot be addressed. Um, so for me, the first thing, if, if we want to create a better world, the first thing we have to do is ensure that those three things are taken care of. Um, and that's what I think environmentalism is at its core trying to do. Mm-hmm. Will is from the United States, but since he came to Canada to be on the front lines of a fight against fossil fuels. Fossil fuel issues uh, are affecting all of us. So if, if the fossil fuel pipelines um, that uh, are proposed are built, they're going to be carrying um, combustible fossil fuels to markets in Asia and other places uh, to be burnt. And we know that um, <laughs> fossil fuels burning are what are contributing to climate change, are responsible for climate change. And, uh, you know, I've heard that if you ask a reasonably intelligent uh, fifth grader, um, how do you stop climate change that is produced um, by the burning of fossil fuels, that fifth grader will say, will you stop burning fossil fuels? Um, So the Unistoten camp uh, is actually... Um, situated directly, physically in the path of those pipelines. Um, So it's one of the few places in the world where people are literally placing their body um, between the development of fossil fuels and the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I came to Canada, is because it's one of the few places where this frontline direct action against um, fossil fuels is happening. His first visit to the Unistoten blockade was at the construction camp in May this year. I went up for the May uh, work camp, um, and the goal of the work camp was to construct a bunkhouse on the path of one of the proposed pipelines to uh, construct a traditional pit house in the path of another of the proposed pipelines and to um, construct a permaculture garden in the path of another one of the proposed pipelines. I think that doing that work, doing physical, tangible labor is contributes to what my experience was in, in May. So it was such a powerful experience for me because for the first time in my life, I was engaged in physically defending a land base, not just writing about it, not just talking about it, not just wishing and praying that uh, fossil fuels would go away, but actually going up to a land base. The camp highlights the importance of indigenous leadership when it comes to environmental issues. It's always been apparent to me that at least on Turtle Island in so-called North America, the survival of humanity is bound up in um, the struggles of indigenous people um, because, uh, in my opinion, they've um, long offered uh, examples about what it means to live in balance with their land base. So for where I come from in San Diego, so-called San Diego, California, um, we know that the Kumeyaay people um, live there for 12,000 years in balance with with the land in San Diego. Um, And in the last 200 years, settlers have trashed that land. You know, there's no water in California. So to me, helping or um, supporting indigenous peoples in their own struggles is 
supporting those traditional knowledges that I think we're we're going to have to learn um, if we're going to make it through the what can not be described by any other word than out and out crisis. So yeah, I I was expecting it uh, when I was when I went up to the camp. You know, I, I think they're quite they make it quite clear that that they are standing up for what they believe are their responsibilities, um, responsibilities that the land has communicated to them and their ancestors and that have been passed down from generation to generation. It's a beautiful thing to hear that you have a responsibility to the land base and that the Unistoten camp is formed on a love and a commitment to honoring those responsibilities. And the work continues after the action camp. The camp uh, listed some pretty, um, you know, tangible things that they need. They need fundraising all the time. Um, they need bodies up present at the camp. Uh, you know, just a couple days ago, they evicted a helicopter full um, of, I believe, TransCanada workers that landed in the camp. And they told them, you are not welcome here. And... Um, if we catch you again, uh, we'll take your helicopter. <laughs> um, so they need people, they need bodies up there helping to patrol the area. They need things as simple and as human as preserved foods. So with Vic Fan, we're going to continue with our fundraising efforts. Um, we are going to continue to help facilitate uh, rides up to the camp. And we're also going to talk about and try and solicit more long-term commitments from people in Victoria and the Vancouver Island community to, like I said, make a commitment to keep supporting the camp in the long term. There are things that we can do in our community to to help the Unistoten camp to take some of the pressure off of Indigenous peoples who are literally putting their bodies on the line um, for natural communities. That's what we're working on right now. When I asked if he's hopeful about the success of the movement he's involved with. Hope is a tricky and dangerous word. I've heard hope defined as a longing for a future condition over which you have no agency. And that's really important. So you would say, if you got on an airplane, I hope that the airplane doesn't crash. Because you really, once you strap into the airplane, you don't have any agency over that airplane. But you don't say when you wake up in the morning, I hope I eat today. You just make sure that you eat. You have agency over that food. So when I say, if I say that I hope the Unistoten camp defeats pipelines, um, which, again, it's all of us that are going to be needed to, to stop the pipelines, but... I hope that the Unistoten camp survives uh, these pipelines. I think I'm giving up my own agency in that struggle. So I would rather say that I cannot let the Unistoten camp fall to the pipelines. This documentary was produced by me, Liz MacArthur, with support from CFUV 101.9 in Victoria. The music you heard in this documentary is from Running Point. The opening song is by Tanya Tagak. Thanks to Radiobed.com for the use of some of their audio. You can find more information on the camp at unistotencamp.com. <laughs>